let me tell you about a life-changing elixir of the gods. I'm talking about Strava Craft Coffee. I'm telling you it will change your life. If you're like me and you drink a lot of coffee, you have noticed those negative side effects. I don't even get jittery that much, but it happens. It can mess with your stomach. It can make you feel run down later on. You can have the crash. As much as we love our coffee, we know all of these things are going to come with it. But you know what? Not with Strava. It has changed my life. It has made me a far more productive and awake and less shaky person as I deal with whatever I've got to deal with throughout the day. Some of these people on Twitter, grab that Strava. It's rich in CBD. It's great coffee that you can purchase in either K-Cups for your Keurig. You can get whole bean, you can ground it yourself, or you can get it ground. Whatever way you take your coffee, they will ship it to you. It's delicious. There's all kinds of different uh, flavors that you can get, and it's good for you. It's actually good for you. I can personally vouch for the health benefits of CBD-infused products, particularly Strava Craft Coffee, that can really help to set uh, my equilibrium. It's good for you. You can try it if you want down at Carbon Cafe and Bar Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, uh, Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. It's non-psychoactive, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry about any of the things that you may have heard uh, about what this crazy CBD stuff is. Is it marijuana? No, it's not any of those things. It's not psychoactive. Uh, you're not going to feel weird or different. It doesn't affect you that way. It's just something that isn't going to give you all of the terrible things that you can oftentimes get from regular coffee. And it's going to help with things like long-term migraines. It's helped me a great deal. Decreasing anxiety. Again, I can personally vouch for this. Arthritis. I get, I get achy. I, I've, I've been a tall guy for a very long time. I had a bad back issues. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not making this up because they're a sponsor, though it's awesome and we love them. Strava Craft Coffee is phenomenal for all of these things. So remember to purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go out. Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast, brought to you by The Green Solution. Visit any of their 18 locations across the state. It's the place to go to get what you need that's green. Download the app or go to mygreensolutions.com. Use code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase. Welcome to the working week. It's Monday morning and this is Minor League Monday. I'm Patrick Lyons at Patrick D. Lyons. Follow me on Twitter. Follow my homeboy as we are 
each one half of the Brothers of Conjunction. That's at Drew Creaseman. He's down in spring training, watching the games live, giving you some great coverage. And I'm going to give you some things to think about this Monday morning, specifically the young guys in camp for the Colorado Rockies. We're going to talk about some of the position battles in the NL West, as well as those around the NL East and NL Central. But for right now, let's talk about a couple moves that the Rockies did make earlier in the week where they sent a couple of guys down to the minor league camp. Ben Bowden and Tyler Nevin, of course, went to the AAA Albuquerque camp, Antonio Santos to AA Hartford. As far as where these next group of guys are going to go, it's not entirely clear who will be AA and who will be AAA. Some of you can probably figure it out on your own, but Tommy Doyle, Julian Fernandez, Alexander Guillen, Tim Melville, Wes Parsons, and the lefty Ryan Rawlson have also gone to minor league camp. And on the position player side, Ryan Verlade, Colton Wilker, and catcher Brian Servant. So who does that leave behind from the young guys that were some non-roster invitees? Some of them are also already on the 40-man roster. So excluding the veterans that we talked about last week, if you haven't got a chance to, to learn about who the 62 men in Rockies camp down in Scottsdale, Arizona at Salt River Fields, go and check out last Monday's podcast where I break down those guys. But who's left behind after those options on the pitching side Philip Deal he's already notched 13 strikeouts in his belt in about half as many innings we also have the 27 year old starter Ashton Godot who continues to rack up innings he does have the most of any Rockies pitcher so far this spring Jose Mojica and Jesus Tinoco are still around in camp on the position player side you've got Brett Boswell Brian Mundell Alan Trejo and for the catchers, of course, Dom Nunez is there, as well as Chris Robago. And keeping him around definitely makes it clear that Robago kind of has the leg up over Brian Servin. If you're concerned or interested in the catching death chart for the organization. After Sunday's 3-1 win over Cleveland at home, Rockies have now played 15 games. They're 8-7. and seven. And if you're having difficulty finding some statistics out there for spring training numbers, I find the best site to be BaseballReference.com, and here's why. One of the cool things that Baseball Reference does each and every spring is they have a separate column for opponent quality. In other words, they rate players based on their previous highest level. So if you have 10 at-bats against Major League Baseball pitchers, right, who are 40-man members, they pitched in the majors last year, that's worth uh, a 10. Right, you're facing a, a a pro big league player. If they're a Triple A quality uh, pitcher or a, a hitter, for that matter, for for talking about on the pitching side, Triple uh, A is worth eight, Double A is worth seven, High A is worth five. If a if a player has just had one full season of A ball, either in the South Atlantic League or Midwest League, then that's only worth four. If God forbid you stay late in a game or you know, maybe a, a player gets hurt on the opposing team and you end up being forced to face uh, just a replacement type of player. You know, someone who's just recently was drafted or um, came to America uh, after playing in the Dominican League, then that's only worth like 1.5 or 3. Or if they even have something that goes as far as last year we saw Ian Desmond pitch for the Rockies, right? Position players, sometimes it becomes a necessity where they need to just finish up a game and, and wrap it up so none of the pitchers get hurt. That's worth one. So 
what that means is you could look at a player uh, like Sam Hilliard for last year. I know he hit the cover off the ball. He had a really good spring. But when you looked at his opponent's quality, you got the sense that he was mainly coming in later in the game when he was facing against double A and triple A quality pitching. So you learn to take that with a grain of salt. So let's take a guy like Ryan Vallade. 15 at-bats, played parts of 10 games. He was batting 167, right? He was only able to get uh, one hit in, in, in 12 at-bats, 15 plate appearances, I should say. And his opponent quality was 5.8. It was actually the lowest on the team. So you see that and you say, okay, well, he wasn't facing a lot of major league pitchers, but how did he do against some of the younger double-A and triple-A guys, and it wasn't so good. Again, we're only talking about 15 plate appearances, but it does give you an idea and a better understanding as to what's going on in spring training. And I think that makes a lot of sense because Ryan Vallade last year played in high-A. He played in Lancaster in the California League, so he's really yet to even see double-A pitching so far to this point in his career. Now on the high end for the Rockies, you got Chris Owings where his opponent quality has been 8.1. So he's actually faced the most major league pitchers. Uh, he's been he's been getting a lot of starts for the Rockies. I know Drew and uh, Barbara Creaseman, Drew's mom, talked about this on Saturday's podcast about who they thought the 25th and 26th man on the roster was going to be, basically who is going to occupy those final two bench spots. And so far, Chris Owings is going to be one of those guys because – the fact that he's been facing the the toughest pitching so far, or toughest caliber pitching, he has been hitting 360. He's been uh, doing really well, nine hits and 25 at bats. He's been getting on base. He's been showing his positional flexibility, a lot of versatility all around the diamond. Even played first base for the first time in his career. Looked rather adequate at that. So, overall, Baseball Reference I think does a good job of tracking just about anything. You're going to want to know in any given baseball season. Talking about some of the other young players in camp, Alan Trejo is currently hitting 333. He's done a good job defensively. That's that's his bread and butter right there is his ability on defense. Shortstop is his primary position, but we've seen him at second base a lot this year, and that could be the, the spot that has the most flexibility. Ryan McMahon obviously has supplanted himself as the team's top starting second baseman. And, you know, last year I said it was either going to be McMahon or Dahl that made the all-star team in 2019. Spoiler alert, I think McMahon's year is going to be 2020. He's going to be an all-star this year. And it might not necessarily be as a second baseman. We don't know what Daniel Murphy's going to be capable of this year. Maybe he sits against lefties. Um, not sure. A lot a lot can happen in the early part of the season. We saw that last year with Murphy getting injured. So if McMahon shifts over to first base, that opens up a hole there at, at second base, one in which the Rockies have a lot of options. Hampson, Rogers, now Alan Trejo. There are a lot of very capable second basemen on the 40-man roster right now. Brennan Rogers finally came back on Saturday, his DH, we're not going to see him in the field just yet, obviously, um, from the surgery he had on his right shoulder there. It's a little bit easier to get a bat in his hands. He's two for six already in the early going, so you really like to see that so far. Dom Nunez has not been doing it quite as well. He's hitting 143. Again, opponent quality is about 6.1, so it's, it's on average a little bit worse than double-A pitching so far. But again, we're talking small 
sample sizes. Sam Hilliard, he's also struggled so far early this spring. Two guys who have not, and they both occupy the same position, are Brian Mundell and Josh Fuentes. Both of them are first basemen now at this point. Mundell has, has, has long been a first baseman there. He spent the entire 2019 season at AAA, really didn't get a sniff um, at the big leagues, and he could be a factor, again, late in the season, depending on the needs at first base. And Fuentes, we know, can play some third base. He can really pick it over there. We haven't seen him too much uh, over at second base, but he's hitting 346 here in the early going across 26 at-bats. All singles up to this point, still looking for some extra base hits. I know he's got some in the in his bat, uh, along with Brett Boswell, who's another guy who uh, he's got a lot of pop. He does, uh, already has two doubles. He's got a homer, eight RBIs, hitting 409, flashing some fantastic leather in the outfield. He's kind of uh, a much more stockier version of Garrett Hampson. You like what Hampson can do with his legs, with his positional versatility. Boswell, equally as versatile defensively, a little stockier. He's providing power, not as much speed, but he's got some power in that bat. So those are some of the young guys on the offensive end of the spectrum that are still out there at Salt River Fields. You're going to see them continuing to play. Sunday, we saw the starters go long and deep into the game. That's going to become more common as the minor leaguers are going to play down on the backfields. And in probably two weeks from now, we're going to catch up with Drew Creaseman as the minor league games begin on March 19th. We'll have a funny story we'll have to share about one of the backfield games we were at uh, one night in particular a couple seasons ago. But let's get into the pitching side of things. The one young guy who's impressed is Tyler Kinley. He's not a rookie, and he's not young. He's 29 years old, but he was picked up off waivers from Miami. Um, he, he's no longer has prospect eligibility. But, you know, in his six innings, he's looked really strong. He's only given up two hits, yet to give up an earned run. Six strikeouts in those six innings pitched. He's been one of those big bright spots. Of course, Philip Deal has been a major bright spot. He's only faced 13 batters, and he has struck out nine of those batters. A single hit last week against Seattle is all he's given up so far. Ashton Godot, as I've mentioned, has looked fantastic. Another two innings on Sunday for the right-handed starter who may end up being a, a cog in the bullpen, depending on what Colorado ends up needing this season. But during his eight innings pitch, he's only struck out five guys. He has walked three. He has given up nine hits. His ERA is at 3.38, probably trending a little bit more upward. I think he's gotten a little help defensively. But all in all, he's looked good so far in his sp first spring training with the Rockies. Jesus Tinoco has yet to give up an earned run. Uh, four hits, two walks, over four innings pitched. So that's a real positive thing to see out of him. His counterpart, Yancy Almonte, has not looked quite as good in five outings. He has given up nine earned runs, but most of those came against the Dodgers last weekend. Eight earned runs. Was only able to get one out. So, again, it's one of those stats where you look at and say, oh, my gosh, Yancy Almonte has got an 18.69 ERA. Shoot, we should probably cut him. Well, no. Um, small sample size aside, 
he's working on some things. You know, he, he wasn't able to contribute in, in 2019 as he would have liked. I thought he was going to be a big part, a big part of the bullpen throughout much of the season after the potential that he flashed in 2018. Didn't really come to fruition. And so now I know he's working on a few things down there in Scottsdale. And we're just going to have to wait and see till the end of spring training. He does have some options remaining, so he could be one of those odd men out in the bullpen when you've got the roster crunch that you do have each and every spring when it comes to the bullpen for these Colorado Rockies. And when you are crunching on your favorite snack at home, of course, you better be drinking a Breck Brew. Breckenridge Brewery is our official sponsor here at DNVR. Check out our event calendar on the dnvr.com. Strawberry Sky is is still still the top choice right now. Going strong, especially in our office. We were there filming the Denver Sports Podcast on Wednesday, and as I was leaving, I just had to see what was left in the fridge, and there were there were no strawberry skies. Uh, there were there were two left, and I know that thing was full just a couple days uh, prior to that. So we are very thankful for them for keeping our fridge stocked, and you go ahead and make sure you give Breck Brewery uh, some thanks on our behalf as well. And I know I got to give thanks to Green Mountain Dental Group because. Man, my dental hygiene is on point. I've got nothing but thumbs up, doing a good job with my home care. And one of the reasons why I have good home care is partially in thanks to Green Mountain Dental Group. Because if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, or exam, you will receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Those things are fantastic. I thought I did a good job manually brushing my teeth, but when you have one of those Sonicare toothbrush, that is a real game changer. Green Mountain Dental Group is located in Lakewood. Uh, It's family-owned, and they're in the metro area. They're Colorado sports fans like all of us. It's 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Again, they're another organization. you got to support local, and you got to give them thanks because we love them here at DNVR. So Green Mountain Dental Group, thank you for keeping me on point with my dental game. Now I wanted to take some time to highlight certain prospects that are out there across the National League. We'll start with the NL West because I know now's the time where a lot of different fantasy leagues are getting their drafts together. And each and every year we have folks saying, all right, who's going to be the breakout star in 2020? Or who's a sleeper, right? Who's a guy that everyone's going to be passing up, but maybe my final pick, I can snag somebody that can be a potential impact player in 2020. And if we look at some of the roster battles, and if you are having a draft that's coming up soon, this is a good spot where you can go ahead and you can take a player late in the draft before anyone's thinking about anything. It's easy to to do a league where it starts after the season begins and you know who the 26 men on the opening day roster are. You know who the starters are. You know who's got a spot in the rotation. But if you can know those things ahead of time and your league drafts early, you can dominate really, really quickly. The Rockies, they're really only a roster battle that is impacted by a young player, and particularly a rookie, is in left field, where you've got Sam Hilliard going out for one of those spots, battling with Ryan Tapia and Ian Desmond. And even if you don't like Hilliard in left field per se, Hilliard is vying for a spot as one of the outfield backups. While I think, you know, he had a fantastic September, 
because he's got an option. He doesn't have much to prove down in AAA. He was fantastic last year, one of the most dominant players in all of AAA. I do think he can cut down on his strikeout numbers a little bit. And again, unfortunately, because of the roster crunch, I think the Rockies are going to be more prone to taking an infielder with the final roster spot, whether that's Chris Owings, whether that's Josh Fuentes, however you want to cut it, I think they're going to go with with an extra infielder because Hampson is going to be your fifth outfielder, ultimately. So since he's kind of going back and forth, you're going to need to have another infielder that can play multiple positions. So uh, I think Hilliard may not win that battle. San Diego Padres are loaded with prospects. We know that. Loaded with a lot of young players, but one that they've got three rookies going after, that's one of the spots in the starting rotation. Adrian Morajon, Mackenzie Gore, their top pick from a few years ago, and Michael Baez, they're all fighting for that final spot in the Padres rotation. Joey Lucchese and Cal Quantrill, they're also two young pitchers. Quantrill, he just got past the rookie limit. He exceeded those numbers uh, as far as innings pitched are concerned. And I'm not sure if any of the young guys will get the job right away, but the Padres will be looking to inject some youth into that rotation. Mackenzie Gore is the one that has the most upside. And as far as Baez and Morajon, I don't know which one of them is, is going to be earmarked for a spot in the bullpen. One of those two guys will. But Gore, I think, by some point in midseason, you're going to see him in the brown and mustard yellow of the San Diego Padres. So Gore would probably be that top guy. He's he's a top 10 prospect in any of anybody's top 100 list. So if you can grab him in any of your fantasy leagues, that's a good guy to stash. Arizona Diamondbacks, they have two spots open in their rotation. None of them are true rookies, but there are a couple young players Luke Weaver and Merrill Kelly were both in the rotation last year, but the young guys, Zach Gallen and Alex Young, are fighting for a spot. Zach Gallen, I think, has the most upside of any of those players. He just barely exceeded his rookie limits last year. Was traded in a, a very interesting deal between the Marlins and D-backs. It was a very much an old-fashioned challenge trade. It was, I'll take your top prospect, and I'll give you mine. Because I, I like your guy better than my guy. Let's see who wins out of that. That doesn't happen very often because a lot of GMs or even owners are afraid of looking bad. Like, oh, shoot, that was uh, that ended up being a really bad deal. I know the Yankees and, and Mariners probably conducted one of the more recent ones, uh, Jesus Montero for Michael Pineda. And though Pineda had a lot of injuries during his time with the Yankees, he provided a lot a lot more value than Jesus Montero ever did for the Mariners. So I like Gallon here as the young guy with upside in that rotation. Dodgers, man, they're, they've got a lot of youth everywhere. Gavin Lux, of course, he should be their starting second baseman. He's the, the odds-on favorite for rookie of the year in the National League. But there's two spots in the Dodgers rotation that are open. Alex Wood, Jimmy Nelson are two of the more veteran guys. Nelson obviously has been coming back from injury the long time. Milwaukee Brewers starter. But Julio Urias, 
who on Sunday, unfortunately, one got away from him, hit former teammate Willie Calhoun in the head, who was immediately taken to the hospital. He was all right, uh, as much as anyone can from taking a fastball like that upstairs. But Urias, Tony Gonsolin, and Dustin May, who is a true rookie, uh, are all battling for two of those spots. I think Dustin May has a really good shot by the end of the season of uh, getting the most starts of any of those other young guys. I think Urias, he's had some amazing upside. We saw him in the playoffs a few years ago at just 20 years old, but you know, he's had some injury issues over the last few years and has uh, really provided little to nothing for the Dodgers since then. The Giants... You know, they've got so many veteran players that they, they don't have very much room for youngsters, which, you know, is, is a bit damning because if you are struggling to, you know, try to get your team on the upswing and you're in the middle of a rebuild, you're going to need young players to do that. And right now they just don't have very many at the AA, AAA level that can help them out immediately. We'll see that, you know... After the All-Star break, once they start trying to unload some of those more veteran contracts, but really the only rookie they're going to be looking in their starting lineup is going to be Mauricio Dubon. He's going to be battling Donovan Solano and Wilmer Flores for playing time at second base. Dubon, of course, came over from the Brewers in the Will Smith deal a couple seasons ago and doesn't have a lot of upside with the bat. He's, uh, he's disappointed in the, in the higher levels, but uh, he probably has the best shot at, at getting playing time. I think he'll ultimately end up kind of splitting that time with, with Solano, who's you know a more veteran guy who's, who's been around the league a, a few times already. Flores can play third and first. Those are, are two of his better primary positions. But uh, if you're looking for somebody late and you need a starter, that's just going to you know, put up some... Uh, Put up some at, at bats and 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 some of those counting statistics, and especially if you're in an NL only league, that is a real challenge where you you need to know every single player and every single backup. And if again, if you're just looking for those counting statistics, you know Dubon could be helpful in a couple different areas for you. And speaking of needing help in some important areas, we'd like to welcome our new partner, Manscaped. Yes, let's talk about manscaping, especially since Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off your entire purchase and free shipping using code DNVR20. I know they've just released their Lawnmower 3.0. I should be getting one of those soon, and I cannot wait, especially since I know their battery lasts up to 90 minutes. So that doesn't mean I'm going to need to take any breaks at some point and then recharge and then have to figure out what's going on my situation at that point and the thing I like most is the fact that their advanced skin safe technology allows me to be nick free and that is probably the most important thing when you're talking about family jewels so again 20% off your entire purchase at manscaped free shipping use the code dnvr20 well, let's take a stroll around the rest of the National League. We'll start with the East, where at third base, it's Austin Riley versus Johan Camargo. Riley looked somewhat decent last year, especially when he went to the outfield, as there was no place for him on the hot corner, as Josh Donaldson occupied that spot. Camargo had a down season in 2019, and those two guys are battling out. Riley has exceeded the plate appearance limits uh, set forth for rookies, so 
He is uh, not eligible for the Rookie of the Year award. But we also have a spot in the starting rotation for Atlanta. You've got all rookies. You've got Bryce Wilson, Kyle Wright, and Tuki Toussaint, who I think actually did go above the, the 40 innings pitched limit. And either one of those guys, I think Wright is um, a notch above Wilson. And uh, if either one of those two guys gets the nod, I, I think they'll provide a lot of value for you in your fantasy league. That is if King Felix, Felix Hernandez, doesn't slide in there in the fifth spot. And he's looked really solid this spring. He's not the King Felix of old, but he is King Felix. And he's learning to evolve a little bit, as a lot of those power pitchers need to do later in their career. So he's trying to continue his career with Atlanta, and he has a decent shot of doing so in their rotation. The Nationals' third base spot, vacated by Anthony Rendon's move over to the Los Angeles Angels. Veteran Azdrubal Cabrera and rookie Carter Keboom are fighting for that spot on the hot corner. And currently right now, as it sits in Las Vegas, Carter Keboom is uh, the fourth most likely player to win the National League. 10-1 to odds on him. Same as Dustin May, as we talked about for the Dodgers. He's 10-1. to The only three guys that are ahead of him, We've talked about already Gavin Lux, 7-2 to odds, Mackenzie Gore, 8-1 to odds, and the Rockies' own Brendan Rodgers is sitting there in second with 8-1 to odds to win the NL Rookie of the Year award. Moving over to the Mets, they don't have very many rookies out there. There's a spot on their, their bench where Max Moroff and Luis Guillorme are battling for some playing time. Moroff uh, has been around the league He's another one of those guys who's just a utility infielder trying to find a home. But Guillaume does have a little bit of upside. He spent much of last season with the Mets off the bench. Nothing exciting really to talk more about there. Marlins second base. Two interesting players. If you get past veteran Sean Rodriguez, who, you know, say what you will, but uh, I know Don Mattingly would, wouldn't mind having another veteran guy on that team who's got the the experience that Sean Rodriguez has since it is such a young squad overall. But if Ison Diaz or Jazz Chisholm, yes, that is a guy's name. It's fantastic. He had a, a mammoth home run Sunday. You can see highlights of that. Jazz Chisholm uh, was one of those players in that challenge deal between the D-backs and Marlins. Zach Gallen for Jazz Chisholm. I'm going to keep saying it. Jazz Chisholm. It's a great name. It's a great name. It's it's kind of a nice thing that Rockies fans will not have to see him 19 times a year against the D-backs because um, he's a special player. Jezrado, Hermes, Arrington, Chisholm. Um, yeah, he's 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 pretty special. He's he's from the Bahamas, and uh, they don't you know produce quite a lot of talent down there. There's uh, there's a crop of youngsters uh, on the come up. And Jazz Chisholm is, is one of those guys. But Ison Diaz, he's a, a young player that has a lot of pop in his bat. He had a lot of home runs last year in Albuquerque and was a big piece of the Christian Yelich deal. He'll probably be the most valuable player that the Marlins get out of that deal uh, outside of maybe Jordan Yamamoto. Phillies, uh, they've got a spot open in center field with uh, Andrew McCutcheon going on the IL. And Adam Hazley should occupy that spot. He's not a rookie, but 
He has got less than a season under his belt, so he could surprise. In the Cardinals' outfield, they've got a couple guys battling for a spot. Lane Thomas and Dylan Carlson, their top prospect. Carlson is another one of those guys where the bookmakers in Las Vegas like him a lot. He sits at 6, 12-1 odds to win the Rookie of the Year award. He is an exciting player, and the way St. Louis runs their organization, they love getting those young guys up as soon as possible, and it would not shock me if um, he won either the, the center field or the left field spot. I'm not sure what his best position is at, at this point. I, I think he still could be a very uh, capable center fielder. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pencil him in as the starting center fielder on opening day for the Cardinals. There's also a spot in the rotation. That's open for St. Louis. Daniel Ponce de Leon, Alex Reyes, who was a super prospect, as super as they come, and had a couple issues with with substance abuse and hasn't really been able to, to pull it together from there. But Austin Gomber and Kwang Hyung Kim are also vying for a spot, the final spot in the rotation. Kim is a left-hander out of South Korea. He's 31 years old. And if if St. Louis is signing on the dotted line for one of these international players to come over, you know they've done their homework. We saw it last year with, excuse me, two years ago with Miles Michaelis. Last year he was an all-star and, you know, was able to, to put it together. And um, you're going to find that, that Kim's going to probably do that for you as well. He's got some flexibility, so he may be in the bullpen. He might be the, the long reliever in the early parts of the season, but overall, I think he's going to provide a lot of value for you in your fantasy league. The Pirates have a spot in their starting rotation. Since they've got two guys on the IL from the early parts of the season, Stephen Brault, Jamison, Tyon, they will start the season on the IL, so that's going to give a spot to Mitch Keller, their top pitching prospect, who's fantastic, so not much of a battle going on there. It'll really only be about whether or not Keller can keep that spot in the rotation when those other two guys get back. I don't think he'll get bumped if he's pitching well enough. Brault does not have as much of an upside as, as Tyon, but uh, at that point, anyone else in the rotation could be subject to uh, take a spot in the bullpen. Now, we got three teams remaining in the NL Central, and they all do play out in Arizona. So if you're down there at spring training, here are a couple guys to keep an eye on. Brewers at second base in Maryville. New facility there that they, they fixed up, did a fantastic job with it. Keston Huera will be their starting second baseman. Was worth 2.1 uh, B-War last year was fantastic. The kid can hit like nobody. He's fantastic. He's He could be the problem for Ryan McMahon as far as making the all-star team because, you know, the veteran guys are going to get their votes. If Robinson Cano has half of a decent year with the Mets, he'll bring in plenty of votes to, to start in the all-star game this year in Los Angeles. And Keston Huera could be that guy that that just ekes out Ryan McMahon, Huera, is uh, he's he's fantastic out of UC Irvine. He's first pick ninth overall a few years ago, and he's just done nothing but hit everywhere he goes. Odds are people in your league are already going to know about him, but I would I would double down on that and say uh, you may need to go around or two early because you you will like what you get out of him production wise. The Reds in their outfield they have two. Rookies, 
one young, one not so young. Uh, Aristides Aquino, he was ridiculous last year. Uh, Every one of his at-bats seemed like it was a home run in September. And, you know, did enough to say, okay, well, you've at least earned uh, a couple months in the bigs to start the season to see if you can, you know, can capture that over the course of uh, 162 games. But if he doesn't, Shogo Akiyama did get a, a major league deal from Cincinnati, is better suited to play center field for them at Great American Ballpark. So both of those guys still have rookie status and could slip in your league, and you might be able to scoop those guys up late. Last but not least, the Chicago Cubs have no less than six guys battling for playing time at second base. And at the end of the day, it may not end up being just one guy because of the positional flexibility for so many of these guys. David Bodie, of course, a Colorado product, not too uh, too far away from, from Coors Field up there in, in Longmont. Daniel Descalso, who Rockies fans know very well. Jason Kipnis is there as a non-roster invite. Ian Happ, another good young player who can play a little bit of the outfield. He's another Garrett Hampson type of player. And the two rookies, Nico Horner, who is probably the odds-on favorite to get the most playing time at second base overall. He's done nothing but hit at every single level. But maybe the more interesting story is Robel Garcia. Now, Garcia's had quite the journey. Uh, He's only 26 years old. But he came up last year for 31 games with the Cubs after playing very well with the Iowa Cubs down there in the Pacific Coast League with 28-7 home runs, 78 RBIs. He batted 284. But before that, he was almost washed up at the ripe old age of 20 years old after four seasons in Cleveland's minor leagues. He didn't get any higher than, than high A and batted 200 at, at almost every single level. But from there, he took the most unusual route of going to Italy to play in the Italian Baseball League, which, to be honest, I did not know existed. Uh, But he did play in the famed IBL and uh, did well enough there that um, he actually represented the Italian National Baseball Team in the 2018 Super 6 Baseball Tournament, was signed to uh, a deal uh, with the Cubs in uh, November of 2018, and... Uh, I guess the rest is history. So he's a guy to to keep an eye on. And if you know if you're rooting for someone, if you're if you're looking for some of those human interest stories, if you will, I think Robel Garcia of the Cubs could be one of those guys that it's going to be fun to to root for each and every time he comes up to bat. If you happen to go down to Mesa to Sloan Park, which it is a fantastic. Facility, And if we're talking fantastic facilities, we've got to talk about Bojo's. It's one of my favorite locations here in Colorado. They've got several in the area alone. And maybe most importantly, it's locally owned, right? You know, it's the spot you go for the true Colorado mountain pie. And if you mention DNVR, you get something, right? If you drop DNVR to any of our sponsors, you know you're going to be taken care of. And at Bojo's, they're going to take care of you with some free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an entree. Check out any of their 
six Colorado locations. They're all great. Gluten-free, cheeseless pizza, plant-based options, tremendous salad bar. They do DoorDash, which is maybe the best part of it all, depending on where you live in the state. So DNVR, mention us, free honey cheese bread. Please support Bojo's, not just because they support us, but because they're locally owned and they're awesome. Well, last week's sports column question of the week had to deal with which prospects were you most excited to see down at Salt River Fields. And most commonly, what I heard from a lot of people was that some of you live in those affiliate cities like Lancaster or Hartford or down in Asheville, North Carolina. If you're somewhere in that general area, you like to go and see the new prospects each and every year. And so a lot of you said, hey, I missed so-and-so this year. We know Lori said that um, Boswell and Colton Welker were totally missed. Didn't get a chance to see those guys. So if you haven't gotten a chance, now's a good time down in Arizona. You can still see them practicing on the backfields before those uh, official minor league games begin on March 19th. These are officially unofficial games. But you will see... Uh, on occasion, uh, the entire Angels organization, if the big league club is playing at Salt River Fields uh, at the big stadium, then the young guys are going to be playing there. They all jump on a, a bunch of different buses, and they're all going to play there on, on different fields. And sometimes you even see a guy go from one field to the other, You know, if, if God forbid, there is uh, an injury or if, if someone just needs to be taken out of the game from dehydration or, or just general overheating from that that hot and crispy Arizona sun. Well, this week, our sports column question has to do with your fantasy baseball league. Are you playing this year? What kind of league are you playing in? Is it just head-to-head? Is it 5 by 5 where you're going with the old school categories? Or are you in a National League only? That is going to totally change your strategy up. Is it an auction? Is it just a typical draft? And is it a dynasty league where you need to draft prospects? And not just prospects that are in AAA. you got to get those prospects a year or two in advance. That was the kind of fantasy baseball that I played back when I was a super hardcore addict. And I even had to go so far as to to figure out who was coming up in the draft each and every year to see if, hey, maybe I need to take this guy four years before he even sniffs the major leagues because... I could get a really good value here late in that supplemental draft. So thanks to Sports Column. Go ahead and on our the dnvr.com site where we've uploaded this podcast, that's where you're going to go ahead and leave your feedback as to what kind of fantasy leagues do you guys play in. Well, that does it for Minor League Monday. Hopefully this will be something to get you by as there is no game. You're going to have to wait until tomorrow when the Rockies are back in action again. Follow me on Twitter, at Patrick D. Lyons. you got to follow my homeboy, at Drew Creaseman. And for all your top Rockies coverage, go to at DNVR underscore Rockies. Thank you for listening in, and I wish all of you a productive and purple week.